0: You can tell her, you can tell her anything, she's a real good listener, you can tell her anything. Yo, what's up, it's your girl Father Longwags, um, Daddy T, let me just start by saying this is probably going to be a short episode, although I will say every time I've started an email saying, let me be brief, it is never brief. There is a lot to say, and I tend to talk a lot, so you know what? I reneged that statement. It may not be true. My point being, this is an unconventional episode. Um, I have no guest. That is by choice. I do have a couple guests in the backlog, so um, I do want to get those episodes out at some point. Some some great, lovely, wonderful guests who I admire and love and really enjoyed their interview, so it's not even about them, um, but just a lot is going on in the world, and I just wanted to pause, um, as, you'll, as you may have noticed, <laughs> in the world, but also um, I didn't have an episode out last week, and um, yeah, I, I kind of want to just keep the pause going, but um, I did want to use this time to give you a little update um, and kind of share my thoughts if you are interested in hearing them, and if you're not, that's fine. This is going to be pretty um, stream of consciousness. Lo- stream of consciousness loose. Didn't write any notes down. Nada. So um, feel free to disengage right now if that is how you feel. And uh, I will say before you leave, if you want to get at me, I guess, or if you want to share your thoughts, and even if you just are looking for someone to talk to, I don't know, I know the confidants are all from all over, so some of you guys are in big, big cities, have big networks, are plugged into comedy, and that sort of thing, some of you are listening from afar, so if you don't, you know, I don't know, I don't know what um, level, level of understanding you have of what's been going on in Los Angeles, America specifically, um, I'm sure you have some some knowledge of it, so Forgive me if I repeat anything you already know. But if you are coming at this with confusion, feel free to reach out to me. And yeah, I'm very open to talking. And like I said, you all have my email. Tell Tellmeanythingpod at com. I always respond unless, I guess, you're a troll. Uh, I don't think I've ever gotten real trolls. I did get someone who will not stop emailing about a pyramid scheme. That's clearly a pyramid scheme. Probably a bot. I did at first respond to the first email because, you know, it was very vague and I figured red flag, but then um, they keep, actually, you know what? I should probably block that person now thinking if it is a bot, they're probably stealing info. Anyways, look out for bots. Um, That will come up later. I do want to talk about bots, uh, but I promise not it's related to everything going on. Okay. It's not out of nowhere. Um, And the other thing I wanted to say is thank you so much. I know some of these super confidants who've been regular um, donors have been still donating Um, I want to really just like channel my energy and resources towards fighting Um, this is where I get political but I don't even think it's political for me I've been out protesting and I'm sure if you listen to me and follow my podcast you're aware of this right I'm clearly a liberal snowflake so uh, I want to channel my resources towards supporting the Black Lives Matter movement Um, so that being said I will reach out to you individually um, but I'm this month not taking any super confidant donors I would love to send a newsletter still so I might still do that but um, you I guess if anyone who was on it before who has ever donated, I will include you on the list. And if you're a new person who never donated but wanna get on the list, um, shoot me an email. I swear to God, this month, I'm not taking any money from the super confidants. Um, so the ones who are already paid, I will reach out to you directly. Uh, if please feel free to donate that to a cause that you believe in or keep it for yourself. You are also a worthy cause. Um, and beyond that, um, We'll see. We're kind of taking it day by day. I don't know, you know, everything's changing fast, and I think for the good. So I will keep you posted what happens next month. But I really do appreciate all the support, and I really love talking to you guys. Okay, wow. Remember when I said this would be brief? I already feel like it won't. Um. So I really just – let's just start from the base of what's been going on in Los Angeles, just in case you haven't followed – Um. I know the news has kind of taken us up in a roller coaster, up and down. I think originally the news really tried to spin these protests into sort of violent riots. They called them looters. Um, Since then, uh, you know, a lot of people have corrected them using their own video evidence, social media. I made a point to be out there in the streets protesting as well, partly because I obviously just believe in the cause and I want to show my solidarity. But another part of it is I... I'm a person of color but I'm not a black person and I really think it's so important that so many more non-black people show up to these protests especially if we say we believe in this because even just being there and seeing it for ourselves you really see the misrepresentation of media and some of that like I think critically so I can infer when something feels like there's an agenda or propaganda right like when someone says like uses really harsh words like everybody's violent or everybody's a looter. broad generalizations we tend to think okay red flag but even so until you see it for yourself you don't recognize just how vastly the media is spinning everything and that is um very good to see with my two eyes and I know not everyone has that ability right or access Uh, I happen to live in big cities most of my life and I've always had the mobility and, uh, you know, and good health and physical ability to just be out and about for these things. So I I have been able to see it, especially now, just how grossly misrepresented the um, protests are. But that being said, uh, I know not everyone can do that. So I'm trying to be out there and telling people who can to be out there. But if you can't, then tell your friends. Like, I think this is a case where posting on social media is actually very helpful. Obviously, be cognizant of faces. You know, we don't want to get anyone um, into trouble or anything like that. But any anything you can do to represent the situation without putting anyone in danger is, is great, I think. Um, yeah, so that brings me to my next point. This sounds like a lesson, but it's not. These are just loose thoughts that I have in my head, but I actually really, really have been meaning to just tell people um, what happens when you're in quarantine and you can't go out and about and just casually talk to people. Is These thoughts just build up and then they sound like a rant. So I'm trying to not rant, but I just watched The Great Hack. If you haven't seen that yet and you have time at all in the next few days, I highly recommend it. In fact, I think it should be essential viewing for... um, everybody but definitely for our youth and schools maybe not this specifically I mean it is a documentary but that the information that is shared in this documentary is I think pertinent to society because if you guys don't know what The Great Hack is about it's okay because I had heard of it and I loosely knew what it was about and I still did not watch it even though I heard people tell me to watch it it wasn't until this weekend when I really just wanted to take um, my, I just needed a, you know an hour or so to unwind before bed and I thought, you know, let me watch this and boy did it stress me out even more. But the great hack is about Cambridge Analytica and that may ring a bell to you because a lot of the news headlines around Cambridge Analytica were around the 2016 election and how they helped manage Donald Trump's campaign course there's more to the story at some point Russia was involved and that's separate from Cambridge Analytica so a lot of people get those two confused they're two separate things but I didn't even realize the implication of Cambridge Analytica until I watched The Great Hack and if you've seen it feel free to message me and if you haven't I really encourage you to watch it but here's the summary that I learned so Cambridge Analytica is a data managing company that actually farms data right and most of us are like what does that truly mean What that what that means is it's not it is illegal, but it's not illegal in the sense you think like anytime you fill out a quiz or, you know, you go and even something that feels innocuous and actually helpful, like taking a Myers-Briggs personality test. Like what website are you taking it on? That could be a data mining site. You are willingly consenting to your data, but now they've connected your name, a bunch of data points about your personality and your email address. It's not to target you specifically, that person's not going to show up at your house and, you know, manipulate you, although they could. Just keep that in mind, they could, but they're not. That's not the point. The point is then to sell this mass collection of data to um, developers, advertisers, politicians, ETC, right? Dangerous. But the solution is not to panic and fear and stop it because what I learned from sort of studying ai in the last couple of years and looking at history and watching the doc is that when technology is introduced you can't stop it the goal is not to stop advancement of technology the goal is to catch society up to technology so we need to adapt the way we use it so the big red flag that i found watching this documentary the great hack is that this technology exists the technology to manipulate an entire society's cultural belief so much that it can sway an election. And it's not swaying an election like robots are voting. They target people who are on the fence and actually sway them with propaganda. And is that ethical? Well, that's a bigger discussion, right? Because did those people actually go and vote for themselves? Do they really believe that? Yes, they went to the voting booth. This is separate from Russia, mind you. Okay, so I know there's a lot of other speculation that other hacks were involved. But specifically with the data hack, they look to people's weaknesses. But it's so targeted that almost makes you feel like you know something's wrong. And you got you to trust your gut. When something feels wrong, it usually is. And I'll use the example of my personal experience dealing with... Um, I hate using the term narcissist, so I'm not going to use that anymore. From now on, I'm just going to call them toxic people. Because that term, I think, is overused. But um, my personal, <laughs> I like to call it personal, uh, s- what do I say? I, I used to joke and tell my friends, like, from studying them in the field, a, a close range. But uh, my personal experience in interpersonal relationships with toxic people is that they do manipulate you, but you ultimately do make those choices, right? That's why it's so tricky and there's a lot of gray area you choose to stay. Is it a choice if you don't know you're being manipulated? I don't know. These are ethical questions for another day, but you can arm yourself. How was I able to get out of these situations? And I'm sure there's so much, so much more to learn for me, but how was I able to get from where I was a year ago, which was completely different, totally, like in a fog, um, really felt hopeless, really truly didn't think I deserve love. Even though I told people everybody deserves love, like it was not showing in my actions. I, because I was letting people treat me poorly, that is proof. I didn't truly believe I deserve love. Um, even if I thought I did, right? So y- generally speaking, you can look at your actions as a sign of if you really are um, living your values. And it's not, I, again, this is different from victim blaming because I don't think it was my fault. But what I learned from that is we do find what we need. And when something so big like a political campaign targets people in that same way, because that's what they do, they psychologically target people's weaknesses, right, their traumas, basically. And then they use those weaknesses to create hyper specific campaigns on your feed, on your social media feed to then change your point of view, which is in some ways brainwashing but when we hear terms like brainwashing cold you know like hack you think these big lofty you know movie things storylines you think that wouldn't happen to me but it doesn't look like that in real life it's not an overnight thing it's slow and at the end of the day I believe everyone should believe what they believe I hope that they have the same underlying values as me but you know I also know I'm not right I just believe that everyone should have a safe space to live their lives. So if um, somebody's beliefs infringes on that, then I'm going to fight for that. But that being said, the great hack, the implications are that this technology exists. So it doesn't matter if we caught the guys, if they went to jail. I don't know. It doesn't matter if, you know, we we finger pointed the people who were behind it. The point is the technology exists and not everyone recognizes that. So I think more people need to watch this for that very matter. And the, I know I, I may be talking a lot of nonsense. If you have not read on up on AI or uh, machine learning or deep learning or neural networks, all that sounds like, what are you talking about, Teresa? I want to know. OK, don't leave yet. Trust me. Once you get into this, you will want to learn more. But let me put it in a very, very specific um, metaphor that's like understandable. On Reddit, there's a subreddit called Explain Like I'm Five. So I forg- forgive me if this sounds patronizing, but I'm going to explain like we're all five. So in a town where, let's say, these are cavemen who don't have fire. This is a town of cavemen. I guess it wouldn't be a town. A cave of cavemen. Let's say there's 50 people in this cave community. Now, let's say 10 of these people found fire, but they did not share it with the rest of the cave. <laughs> cave town? Cape Town. Let's call it a Cape Town. They did not share it with the rest of the Cape Town. 10 people have fire. Everybody is trying to cook their meat, I don't know, or eat their food, whatever, you know, without fire. And all of a sudden, these 10 people, they are just exponentially growing, right? They are cooking meat so fast. They are able to stay warm at night, they don't die from the cold. The rest of the cave people are like, What's going on? How are you cooking your meat so fast? and the cave, the 10 people with the fire are like, oh, I just put out on the sun. Okay. So they're lying there, right? They have this power and they're lying. And then everyone else is like, oh, okay, sure. So they try to do that. It just doesn't work the same. Something's not right. It's different because they have fire and they're keeping it from everyone. That is how I feel about this kind of technology. This kind of technology is so, it's so impactful and powerful that I feel it's The level of fire right now where you can't undo fire, right? The goal, the solution is not to say, you know what? Nobody gets to use fire. It's not fair. No, the solution is, well, ideally everyone gets to use fire, but I could see in a competitive market why some people would want to keep their proprietary secrets, you know, guarded. Then I think the follow up to that is we need fire safety, right? Our societies now have fire departments. We need fire safety if fire exists. And it's a real danger, but it also provides a lot of comfort. So some technology like this, the power that it has, it cannot be kept from the public. And right now there's enough info out there, like with the stock that I believe the public has access to it, but nobody is like, nobody recognizes the impact of it. So... I I don't know. I don't know if anybody is still listening, but if you're listening to this, definitely watch this doc so you know what I'm talking about. But I'll just give you an example. Like they own up to this, so They admit to completely testing um, this technology in third world countries. In Myanmar, they are able to sway entire populations, um, like have the outcome of an election go towards them. And they did this for Brexit. Brexit was them. Um, They helped Ted Cruz win. They helped Donald Trump win. And they do this with certainty. This is the thing. Every campaign manager's goal is to get their candidate to win. Every marketing CEO wants to market their product. I don't think it's a crime to want to persuade people, even manipulate people in a business sense, right? Because that's what marketing is. I don't think that's a crime. Yes, it should be transparent. And yes, we should have smart consumers, right? We should be able to check each other. We should be able to understand and discern when someone's lying to us. But in a case like this, they are so certain they will win and they win every time. I think that is beyond just effective marketing. They have fire that the rest of the world doesn't. So everyone needs to first know that that exists so you know when you're being marketed to. And then think critically, like there's nothing I can do overnight as like a comedian and like (laughs) sort of podcast host. Like I can't create the kind of technology to protect everyone and get the info out. But if you're listening to this and you feel like powerless, I'll tell you this, if you understand yourself truly, right, truly understand what your weaknesses are and be honest about it. and work on those holes that you have, the parts of yourself that Maybe make you feel empty, right? Those are hard to look at. But if you really spend time working on that, it's so much harder for someone to manipulate you. Does that mean they can't predict your behavior? No, they could probably. We're all sort of still archetypes. Like... If you put a birthday cake in front of me on my birthday and it's my favorite flavor, I probably will eat it. That's predictable. And, you know, as long as you're not malicious, right? Like if you poison it, yeah, I'll eat it and then I'll die. So sure, that could be a way to kill me. But if your goal is just to be like, I want to predict the future, I think she'll eat this cake I give her. That's her favorite. You are correct. And that's okay. People don't like to feel like they're predictable or easily manipulated. But it's okay if you're in line with your values. So I believe like with political campaigns, if a campaign is out there to try to, you know, galvanize people for progress and genuinely wants to work towards progress and finds people with those same values, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. Sure, they are using those same tactics. They are trying to capitalize on what they know about human behavior. But that's why I think it's so important if you're listening to this to really hang on to your identity and understand what you stand for and why you stand for it and be willing to grow and change and be critical. Just because everyone yells at you and tells you you need to think a certain thing, if you feel that's not right, really stand strong and think about it. Allow yourself to change, but be critical because the kinds of um, manipulation that this technology can do it can turn people into white supremacists but it can also turn us all into you know democracies it could work for the best but that being said any power like that is so strong that anyone who has it's still dangerous so just because they the person who has it wants what you want doesn't mean you're safe so to arm yourself understand yourself and think critically okay wow that really felt like a tirade um That being said, okay, I haven't even really talked about protest or Black Lives Matter, but I don't think I'm the mouthpiece for that. I mean, I know I'm not the mouthpiece for this, but because you're listening to this, if you still are, you know, I I will be I'll I'll share my point of view. But again, I think there's a lot of other folks to listen to that are um, just more worth listening to than a comedian uh, like me, like myself. But. I'm really, really happy that Black Lives Matter is finally catching on to such an extent that change is happening. And it's feeling rapid. And for a lot of people, it, it feels so rapid if you're kind of just joining. And that's OK. That's great. Um, and I will say I believe the organization was founded in 2012. But of course, you know, police brutality and racism has been ongoing in this country for much, much longer, basically since the beginning. Um I remember in 2015 protesting in New York after um, it was like Eric Garner, Freddie Gray. There was like a, a, a bunch of um, highly publicized, very awful um, injustices. And that protest in New York in 2015, I remember feeling a similar energy to the first one I went to this year. And we felt like change was coming. And I'll say that at that time, it wasn't the moment but all of that has been leading up to 2020 right so when people see like one day like oh everyone's sharing this meme or this and that and everyone's so focused on like what what what's right or how to be a good ally i think i think it's okay to mess up and i think it's okay to be embarrassed and i think it's okay to not know ultimately though if you look at the big picture there's momentum people are joining people are growing and people are starting to listen and understand because I think 2015 was five years ago and you know I so much has changed but also so little has and then finally people are listening but it's no coincidence right all of those moments lead up to this one so I guess what I'm saying is like don't feel discouraged if you don't feel like you can do that much like because even just going to like you know one five years ago then made it easier for me to go to the first one this year and then the next and then it's like it just and then you know maybe your friends want to come with you and then they um they tell their friends so that's how movements start and I see so much fighting within the the left of like you have to do it this way don't do it this way and ultimately we want the same thing right we want to fight racism and injustice and we want peace and freedom for everyone and safety. So if that's true, I think this is when learning about yourself and putting aside your triggers can really help advance the cause because everybody is coming from a different place. Everybody, right? I mean, I'm sure there are similarities, right, amongst white people, amongst black people, but like even up within communities, like that's the whole point, right, about racism is like you can't generalize entire communities. So understand that every individual is has a different life and a different experience and a different journey, which means, yes, we can come together and show our support, but there is no one right way to do it. There just isn't. Because if there was one right way to solve racism, we would have fucking done it by now. That's the thing. It's like, we would have done it. A lot of people don't like racism. And if a lot of people who don't like it knew how to fix it, we would have fixed it. So I think it's great that so many people are finally understanding like, the experience of the black American, like how, like truly, I think so many white people who never even considered it are truly understanding like how much of a struggle it is to be black in America and how much of that is part of this system that they benefit from. So I think it's really, really great. We're talking about this and I, you know, and I benefited from it, right? I'm a Asian and a person of color, but I'm also, there's a whole other dynamic that comes with being Asian in America, and some of that includes a lot of privilege. So I think we have to be cognizant that everybody has a different story and different experience. And at the end of the day, it's not about who is right, okay? The idea of being right is going to hurt us. I don't mean like looking at a video and saying like, that's not right. Of course, there are things that don't feel right in that sense. That's not what I mean by right. When I say right, I mean like when you're in an argument, you don't need to be right. Because you could both be right because you both have different stories and different experiences. You could genuinely both be right. A white person who's at a protest, saging the, which is the real thing I saw, saging the air to me feels funny because that just feels like, if SAGE was going to solve racism, it would have by now. But also, it's not wrong, right, if, that, if that's how they protest and that's their belief and that's how they ha- cope, right? I have SAGE in my room. I like SAGE. I like the idea of giving, getting rid of bad spirits. But I could also see how that might make someone angry, right? If you've been fighting injustice your whole life and then all of a sudden a bunch of white people dressed like witches show up and do spells – If you have trauma and anger inside you, that could feel very frustrating to see that image. And you're not necessarily mad at them, but you're mad at the situation. So that anger is also right. Just like those witches who want to help are also right. Could there be a conversation? Yeah. And then could it change? Like, add a movement for Black Lives Matter if the leaders say, hey, actually, this is how you should protest that would actually help us the most yes i think the right thing to do in that situation is to then compromise and listen because you are there to support them ultimately you're an ally but to yell at each other for making mistakes right off the bat i think that's not helpful and the specific example i'm thinking of if you guys didn't follow this on instagram there was a um campaign that was started from the music industry not even on the grassroots to a uh, Post a black square and do blackout Tuesday. Don't don't talk on a Tuesday to show solidarity for Black Lives Matter. And a lot of people were using the hashtags Black Lives Matter, defund the police. So what ended up happening when it gained critical mass was the entire hashtag was blacked out. So you couldn't find information. So that started the backlash of people saying, stop using this hashtag. You're silencing black voices. You don't get it at all. Okay, a lot of anger. And then a lot more anger where people were then yelling at each other, what you think just posting a black square will solve racism. Okay, so then we got a lot of fighting on Instagram. And then at the end of the day, it's like people forgot, like everybody who was doing this was trying to help. I don't think that excuses them. I'm not saying we should excuse people. I think we give them a chance to correct their mistakes and then learn. So the problem is a lot of people who did this also just immediately switched into yelling at other people without apologizing. I didn't see a lot of, oh, I didn't even realize I was doing this. Hey, heads up, if anyone is doing this, just know we're actually silencing black voices. Didn't see a lot of apologies there. Just a lot of yelling. So that to me reads as a lot of people want to feel right. Nobody wants to feel wrong and they feel embarrassed when they're wrong or when they're told they're wrong. But ultimately, the sentiment was right in that moment. And then the right thing to do when someone tells you, hey, this is hurtful, is to, if you actually mean well, is to say, oh, I'm sorry I hurt you. I will be better. So all that being said, I'm, I'm going to wrap it up. But all that being said, I think personally, the way that I um, think change will truly happen is when we understand that the goal isn't to all become homogenous in one thing. The goal is for everyone to, of course, have equal rights and freedom. True freedom, right? Liberation. True freedom to feel like a person without having to be limited in the society you live in, that you pay taxes, whatever. Freedom. That means freedom to be good and bad, right? Because white people have the freedom to be bad people. I don't condone it, but that's what freedom is, right? True freedom to make mistakes. To make a mistake. And not have to die for it, right? So that's the ugly truth people don't want to face. It's like, we're not... We are trying so hard to just prove that. Like, we're peaceful. we be peaceful. But like, true freedom is to be able to make mistakes. With the intent of like, not wanting to. But we have to allow space for that anger. And that space for embarrassment. And space for growth and mistakes. Because... What we're trying to do is get killer cops prosecuted, get police who have been wrong, get racist white supremacists who have been wrong for so long to, you know, see justice or to admit they're wrong if they truly didn't know, although I really it's really hard to believe that, but let's say they truly didn't know to have a chance to correct their wrongs. We're trying to get them to do that. So if we can't even do that on our own end, if we can't even admit to, hey, I think I said the wrong thing, but when I meant to help, I apologize. We can't even do that. How can we get the other side to do that? That's all I wanted to say. I just think um, maybe I grew up in a household that was all about saying sorry. And so uh, maybe I overdo it a little bit, but we have to be okay with being wrong. And then we have to be okay fighting for what we believe in and allow space for empathy and changing those beliefs after critical thinking. So believe what you believe stay strong in your values but listen right truly listen to the truth and allow yourself to change and allow yourself to be angry sad and embarrassed and that's it that's all that's the tweet okay thank you guys so much for listening I love you so much I really really hope everyone's doing well and you can truly always reach out to me Tell tellmeanythingpod at gmail.com at Larissa T on Twitter and Instagram. Love you so much. Stay safe. Bye.